Welcome to God's Planning, Contemplative Preachers, Contemporary Age. Each week, join the Dominican Friars as they consider all things Catholic. Hello and welcome to God's Planning. This episode is our ninth episode, so we want to thank you for listening, for joining us for two months. My name is Father Patrick Mary Briscoe, and I'm here with Father Jake Bertrand Jancic. Hello, everyone. It's great to be here. It's a special privilege this week because I am in Providence up from D.C., so Father Patrick and I are sitting here together getting to record face-to-face for the first time, so that's kind of fun, exciting, sharing a microphone. We're really uh, living on the edge up here. <laughs> yeah, very much. We couldn't get two microphones going, so we're, we're working with one. It's but. very Dominican. It's very, very um, proper to our vocation as friars. So we have this one microphone, which we're, <laughs> we're sharing in common. Yeah, because of our incompetence and not being able to put the second one, put the <laughs> second one to work. I don't, not incompetence. I would just say maybe inability to preach to the computer and convict the computer of its need in service to the gospel. I'm going to stick with incompetence, but... Yeah, I don't know how it works. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Maybe next time we'll have two microphones. Maybe. Well, today we want to, sp- we want to speak about um, Catholic social teaching or Catholic social justice. Um, there are many different approaches to the church's tradition here, and in our modern age, people adopt different parts of this tradition in very good ways. So we want to talk about some of those. And then we, we want to talk about some ways in which our our own proper tradition is being, um, uh, might be overlooked or neglected and, and really emphasize the strengths of, of, a, of a rightly understood, um, of a rightly understood con, uh, context and, and vision even full of, yeah, not just context of, of vision, a strong and engaging vision of um, the church's social teaching. So Anyway, a point, a very important point right out of the gate we, that we want to talk about is, is just the title and to think about the words that we're using. We want to say that we're using today Catholic social teaching in an intentional way. That's right. And that we're distinguish it, distinguishing it from something. So you want to talk to us about, uh, about this title, Father? Yeah, sometimes, you know, when we talk about different titles or different words that we use to defi- define particular things, Perhaps we're playing a bit of semantics, but we also want to recognize that words have um, very important meanings and indicate the the reality and the truth that underlie what we're talking about. So I think it's important that when we talk about what the church teaches or how the church acts or how Christians act with respect to um, social teaching, uh, that, that we understand what it is that the church is asking of us. And I think the title is important there. So I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think historically, or at least in the last several decades, we've used the term social justice or Catholic social justice to describe the church's sort of corporal works out in the world. But I, th- I think that using the, the title of, of this podcast or this phrase Catholic social teaching or Catholic social doctrine is something that's more um, all-encompassing of, of the idea here. Yeah, I've, I've got to be very honest when I say I hadn't thought about this distinction at all until you proposed it for the episode. Um, but I but I think there's a lot of important, that said, I think there's a lot of important meaning behind it, actually, um, to think about to think about social teaching as something that can be a bigger category than just justice, right? Right, yeah, precisely. Uh, so thinking, so thinking of, I'm thinking of loving people 
um, and offering mercy in the name of Christ as being something different than just rendering mere justice, like just recognizing someone, someone's humanity. Okay, so that's one thing, but, but, but loving but loving people the way that Christ loves, loving people the way that the church loves, that's a different thing, right? That's a bigger category. Yeah, it moves us beyond a simple um, categorization of things that, that pertain only to one thing, as Father Patrick was just saying. So when we talk, if, we're, if we're talking simply about social justice, we have to remember that the, the church's social teachings are bigger than simply those things relegated to the virtue of justice. Um, and thank God for that. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, what we're all aiming towards, what we're all sort of judged or measured against is, is the charity with which we live, the charity that we show, you know, our love of God, but also our, our, love, of, our love of neighbor. One thing that I think is kind of funny, a little, little trivia from our American context, is that Catholics um, who lived this social teaching were called bleeding heart liberals. Do you oh, really? Know, do you know why? Do you know no, the origins no, no, no. of this? I love this so much. The origins of that phrase, bleeding heart liberal, is because um, originally people that undertook works of mercy, uh, at like the turn of the century, or I'm talking early 20th century, often had images of the sacred heart up. Oh, okay. And really? So if, you were, so if you were serving the poor, if you were living out this mercy, you were a bleeding heart. Wow. Because you had the sacred heart. I never up, knew that. imitating it. Okay. Uh, never knew that. That's so where that's that the, comes that, from. That's a little bit of the origin there. But we have this other term, um, the, this other term, social justice warrior. Um, which which has kind of a negative connotation today, right? So we would want to distance ourselves from that. Yeah, I think it's always dangerous when we use um, secular terminology, particularly secular political terminology, to start labeling people in the church or things that, um, yeah, to, to use that as a way to sort of relegate people to, to the sidelines or something in an argument. You know, so using um, like trad or traditional or conservative or liberal kind of Catholic. I mean, that's, that's kind of unhelpful, really, in the end. Um, of course, we there are more conservative or liberal leanings in these things. But when we're talking about the way that the church and our Lord asks us to live, there isn't really a sort of political party to sort of or political leaning that we can fall into. So I think that that Catholic social or social justice warrior when it when it comes into the Catholic sphere is ultimately um, harmful to the cause of promoting the gospel uh, in our in our communities. Yeah, I, I like that point a lot. I think and I think I think it's a good one. Just this sh- shift, and I mean, again, it's subtle and it's slight, and, ma- and many people might not even recognize it between Catholic social justice and Catholic social teaching. But insofar as social justice is a term that's used by other people in various strains of identity politics today, you know, some, there's, there's something a lot bigger if we're saying social teaching. Yeah, I get that. I like that a lot. Yeah, I think we, we just have to sort of step out of, uh, step out of the fray on, on these yeah. sort of things and be careful that we don't get sucked into them in our own, uh, our own pursuit of Christ. So using this, using, this, um, using this terminology intentionally, Catholic social teaching, um, what can we say then, you know, about, about what the church offers specifically that would be different? You know, this idea that there's something different between, there's, there's a difference then between Catholic social teaching and Catholic social justice. Where would that foundation be? Yeah, I look, whenever I think of this, I, I, I always look back, and it's not too far back, but I think the greatest um, or perhaps the most ready place that we can look in recent church history to see, I think, where the church offers something unique and also something very powerful is um, 
Benedict XVI's encyclical Caritas and Veritate. Mm-hmm. And in that introduction, and it, it was written in 2009, so it's mm-hmm. just 10 years old. So in the grand scheme of the church, it's brand new. But in that introduction, he talks about the relationship between truth and charity. And I think that that's really the, the foundation on which uh, Catholic social teaching sits, uh, the relationship between truth and charity. He says this in, in, in the introduction, to defend the truth, to articulate it with humility and conviction, and to bear witness to it in life are therefore exacting and indispensable forms of charity. And a little later on, he says, only in truth does charity shine forth. Only in truth can charity be authentically lived. Truth is the light that gives meaning and value to charity. That light is both the light of reason and the light of faith, through which the intellect attains to the natural and supernatural truth of charity. It grasps its meaning as gift, acceptance, and communion. It's just really powerful Mm. because what, what Pope Benedict and what the faith and what Revelation is teaching us is that in order to be charitable, in order to live that gospel message, it has to be done within the truth of that gospel. And the truth of Jesus Christ, and you right. can't compromise right. on either. Right. So we could we could cut out right away causes which might look which might look Catholic because they are defending a kind of minority or maybe an afflicted group or something like that. Uh, but but maybe that group is not living is not living the truth. Then does de- does defending them or um, does we we have to ask ourselves does defending them or giving them a voice does that really pertain to Catholic social teaching and. It seems Pope Benedict would be guiding us to say no. Right. And not because it doesn't sort of measure up to sort of the standards that the church puts forth. Yeah, yeah. But this be- is different than like error has no rights. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, or that you somehow don't make the club because you don't have everything off. You know, you don't mm. have all the requirements, the prereqs on your checklist done. <laughs> um, no, but you it's... You can't get into this class. Yeah, you, you don't make it. Sorry, you don't, you don't, you just don't get it. Seminars fall. But what it what it's what what Pope Benedict is teaching and and clarifying for us is that it's only in the truth of Christ can we actually treat somebody charitably, right. and if we rele- relegate the truth of Christ to something that's other than primary or the central, then charity also suffers. Right. Um, and this isn't just about preaching. This isn't just about teaching. This is even about. Um, the cor- corporal works of mercy, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but, you know, even in feeding the poor, hmm. you know, we think of the great Franciscans. Right. Why did Francis do what he did? Right. It wasn't simply just to alleviate starvation poverty, yeah. or poverty. It was to bring Christ to be Say Mother Teresa. Mm. I mean, the mm. great 20th century example, Mother yeah. Teresa. So that's, I think, what Benedict is really calling to mind here. I mean, is there, as you're articulating this now, this sounds like one of, it, it echoes John Paul II's great theme, right? That, that in Redemptor Hominis, which he picks up from the Second Vatican Council, even that that man only really knows himself fully through Christ, right? And that lens, that lens, looking through Christ to fulfill all of our deepest needs, like that. That's what that's what Catholic social teaching means: fulfilling the deepest needs of humanity through the lens of Christ. Precisely. Right? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's a pretty. That's a pretty good setting. I'm down with that. Uh, that that quote was great. Only in truth does charity shine forth. You know, yeah. They, they, the, 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 this is not a couple that can be divorced, right? It's a set. Yeah, and, and Benedict and has this wonderful sort of uh, ability to pair these things, things that seem yeah. to be at odds yeah. together. You know, so faith and reason, truth and charity, these things throughout the pontificate that are kind of uh, 
remind us of of the beautiful sort of web of the I, Catholic faith. I wish you guys could see how much Father Jacob Burton is smiling right now. Hopefully you can hear it in his voice. This guy loves <laughs> It's true. I'm a little biased, <laughs> but it's true. So two we've we 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 mentioned um so so if this if this is our concept of Catholic social teaching then, if it's grounded in truth, you know, if we're saying that our definition of love, of charity has this fundamental connection to the truth um, what then would be our major challenges? What do you think are the big, the biggest obstacles that we would face? That's a great question. Whenever I think of, I guess, challenges that, you know, lie in, in the path of pursuing the life that the church and our Lord ask us to live, um, I think that we, we can kind of repeat, go on, I don't know, repeat mode and, and sort of... <laughs> I don't know, list the same kind of trope of things that are kind of that issue, right? You know, it's like, um, yeah. We're all the bad, need Christ. Right. Every, (laughs) you know, everything came out of Vatican II and then, you know, the, the sexual revolution, it's the, you know, it's like, yeah, they were, you know, the sexual revolution (laughs) has caused problems, but it's not the source of all evil in the world. Uh, there are other sources, but I think, I think that we have to look at one of the sort of, perhaps one of the tropes that we kind of turn to again and again when we talk about some of the problems that we face and 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 that's relativism Mm. i think here um i think that uh yeah i mean certainly if we're going to put truth at the basis of our right of our definition of our understanding rather catholic social teaching that would be the case yeah and and as you were sort of talking about a, a minute ago about kind of looking at like why do we do what we do as catholics why do we mm. why why does francis do why do franciscans do what they do why do uh, why did mother teresa do what she did um there there are also other organ non-catholic organizations that feed the poor there are non-catholic organizations that you know take care of the dying right. who have nothing right. else but w- what's the qualitative difference and i think it's that it's that truth it's it's mm. what's at what's at root it's that mm. bringing christ to these people mm. and relativism it it compromises on the truth right uh, hmm. and sometimes it almost relegates the physical needs of people um it, or not relegates but it it makes them loftier than yeah. the spiritual yeah, yeah, needs yeah. yeah that's right yeah. you know that it's more important somebody have something to eat than their soul be saved now i want everybody to have something to eat but at the end of the day um as the great saints have showed us that it's it's salvation right. that even drives and and makes us able to to sort of uh to give to people that what they need physically and bodily. Yeah, I mean that connects to that very haunting verse of Scripture, right? Where, where the Lord, where the Lord hints to us that this is not a problem you're going to solve. The poor, the poor, you will always have with you, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, what do we do about that? That means that that means that there's an end deeper than simply alleviating poverty. And um, what you're suggesting here is that end is making sure the poor know Christ. Yeah. I'll, if you allow me to indulge and go back to, <laughs> More to Holy Father, yeah, return to Caritas and Veritate. This, I think this, is, this, this sums it up and will help us move on, too. Is he, he writes this, that in the present and social and cultural context where there is a wide, widespread tendency to relativize truth, practicing charity and truth helps people to understand that adhering to the values of Christianity is not merely useful, but essential for building a good society and for true integral human development. Mm. A Christianity of charity without truth would be more or less interchangeable with a pool of good sentiments, helpful for social cohesion, but of little relevance. Wow. 
There it is, folks. That's incisive. No, that happens all the time where people reduce Christianity to emotivism, right? And where, simply to do-gooding. Yeah, do-gooding. Um, if you if you if you sympathize with people, you are living you are living Christianity. If you feel towards them, you're living Christianity. As long as the side you're defending is the side of the the underdog, who you know who is being oppressed. Never mind the reasons why they're being oppressed or the reasons why they would want to throw it off. Uh, that that's somehow that that's somehow Christianity. Um, that's amazing. Well, I think I think that quote and thinking about it, that's that's a good good place to take a break. Um, so uh, keep listening. You're, you've tuned in to God's Planning, our podcast by the Dominican Friars of the Province of St. Joseph, and we'll be back with you shortly. This is God's Planning. Get up to date on all our latest episodes at opeast.org slash godsplaining. Welcome back. You've joined uh, God's Planning here. You're listening to Father Patrick Briscoe and Father Jacob Bertrand Jancic. We, we just left you off. We were talking about this fantastic line from Pope Benedict Car- uh, Caritas Veritate about, uh, against relativism, you know, and we were, t- we, were, we were kind of lamenting that Christianity is often reduced to a kind of emotivism or um, shapeless do-goodery um, and, and that that kind of relativism is one of the obstacles to living Catholic social teaching. You, you mentioned another one to me earlier. Uh, Father Jacob Bertrand, um, another obstacle to Catholic social teaching today. Could you say a little bit about your second? Yeah, I think what we were talking about, about relativism and and Pope Benedict's great line, uh, a Christianity of charity without truth would be more or less interchangeable with a pool of good sentiments, uh, leads leads to this other sort of challenge that, you know, engaging the world, uh, we might with this challenge that we might be faced with. And that's understanding this sort of jargony term the common good right it's everywhere it's especially in political circles you know whatever church circles the common good working to build the common good the greater good the greater good well let's talk about the common good because uh that's an actual thing i don't know what the greater good is uh we're gonna avoid avoid that philosophical ethical nightmare um but the the common good uh is important because it is something it it is that thing that uh guides catholic social teaching Mm. it's that principle so we have to understand actually what the church means by the common good in order to promote the common good and the common good uh at least as our church teaches us is is the sum total of conditions in in social life in the life of the community in the life of the polis whatever you want to say which allows or enables people uh and the church is careful to point this out people whether groups or individuals Mm, both uh both interesting both Mm. uh so we can think of particular groups you know especially the family the core of the of the of the community um, to reach their own perfection more fully and more easily uh, so it's building the conditions of social life that allows groups or individuals to reach their own perfection more fully and more easily. And as Father Patrick and I were talking, I think all of this hinges on that word perfection. Mm. The, the church's Catholic social teaching, her unity of truth and charity in, in the pursuit of it, and the building of the common good all of that le- is, is supposed to be leading to and, and building a society where people can reach their perfection. And their perfection, there are certainly goods on this side of, uh, of heaven that people are, ought to, uh, to 
pursue and to reach. But mm-hmm. ultimately, our perfection is, is is that of attaining by God's grace the beatific vision. Right. You right. you you that I mean that's so amazing uh, that that you hit on. I mean, as far as I see it, one of the greatest contests that we have, right? The the pursuit of of individual gain um, as opposed to as opposed to some of the communal or belonging to particular groups, right? Like yeah, the the church would say that the the church would condemn the exaltation of the individual to the exclusion of the community, right? Like right. We, we can't just some kind of some kind of radical some kind of radical pursuit of personal liberty that takes no account for um, for the family or other other groups that you know would be would be condemned according to a healthy understanding of Catholic social teaching. Um, and, and I think there's some there's something that is reflected and that is mysterious here just in the way that sanctity works. Like we're talking about perfection, right? There are individual saints, like Saint Vincent de Paul, who was this great saint of Christian charity. Um, but 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 the saints exist um, within their own communities. Vincent de Paul founded a community that became a society, you know, for doing good. And then belong he himself now belongs to the communion of saints. He doesn't have an individual relationship with God. His relationship with God is is bound up in in the whole choir yeah, of the heavens. Not an exclusive God's, relationship. God's yeah. yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Um, there's something, there's something greater than just um, than just any particular saint and God alone. There's the whole community of them. Anyway, uh, uh, so I, th- I think there's something beautiful, uh, something powerful in that reflection there. Yeah, I was I recently was sent a video of or like I think it was through YouTube of uh, it was the the midshipmen the I forget the, the plebs I think they're called right in their first year at the Naval Academy just outside of of Washington D.C. where I live. And on their first day, there was a couple of interviews, but it was like their first day leaving their family, sort of getting the uniforms. It was kind of a cool like promo awesome. video for the yeah. Naval Academy. It was, it was powerful. And uh, one of the interviews, they they asked, and this is something that you hear of people when they enter the military and that sort of thing. But they they wanted to serve something greater than themselves, you know. In this case, our country and that sort mm-hmm. of. And that's that that's something that we are sort of. It's kind of natural to us to want to be part of something greater than ourselves. And, and building the society, the Catholic social teaching leads us to that. And I think it's important, too, for us to remember that the, you know, the purpose of politics and not simply American politics, but, you know, government and politics and, and the grand sort of the sense, relationship of people. Right. Society. Yeah. And governing and, and that leaders is is not is not to have sort of a tyranny over us, but to to promote virtue in 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 that body. Right. Within the people. Um so that people can uh, attain those instrumental goods, those those lower goods of food, clothing, you know, these basic rights that we talk about, but ultimately, so that we can build a society where people can attain God. Mm-hmm. That's that's the common good, par excellence is is that pursuit of God yeah. and and living in a world that allow that's that allows us to do that. The motto of my high school. Little shout out to Bishop Dwanger High School in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Here, okay, go Saints. Uh, the motto of my high school was um, this line: this line from St. Paul that we're citizens of two worlds. Oh, that's good. Citizens yeah. of two worlds, and uh, you know, and the, this is a nod also to Saint Augustine, right? That there, that there's this contest um, between the kingdom of man and the kingdom of God, um, but recognizing as Saint Paul did that, that we belong to both, um, and that that part of part of what we're doing on this side of eternity is is playing out that balance. Um, being able to shape the kingdom of man insofar insofar as we can, um, but recognizing ultimately that we serve God and not mammon, 
and that all of these things have all of these things have a proper place. So I guess, I guess what I want I guess what I want to say there in connection with this idea of citizens of two worlds is that there's a certain is that there's a certain um, if not absolute hierarchy of things that are to be pursued, and we can't we can't eliminate spiritual goods from from this hierarchy. The temporal goods belong to it. You can't pray if you haven't eaten. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough when you're hungry in to fact, sit there and fact, meditate. In fact, Aquinas says you can't preach to a hungry audience. Yeah. That and Fulton Sheen <laughs> recommends that, you know, we have a cup of coffee in the morning, have your caffeine before right, you go into the chapel. Before you do your holy hour. Yep. <laughs> so there's, a, there's, you know, there, there's there's this kind of fundamental belonging that we have to both of, the, both of these needs, but that, but that they're lived out um, and, the, and that, we, that we can achieve a kind of balance and, and promotion of them both. Um, as we pursue the common good. That's right. So we, we've talked about, uh, at first, this sort of jargony, the word, the, the importance of words, of calling it what it is, you know, right. Catholic social teaching and why that's important. And also the relationship between truth and charity that leads us to understand uh, the, the primacy of Christ in Catholic social teaching and removing Christ, removing the truth, removing the necessity and the primacy of the spiritual life, our pursuit of heaven from that actually damages the common good right. that we're that we're trying to trying to achieve. Um, so I think perhaps you know let's let's talk about some of our own experiences yeah, what with does that. This look like? uh, what does it look like for us? What does you know the church proposes the seven corporal works of mercy? Uh, as as a way to live this, to feed the hungry, shelter the homeless, clothe the naked, visit the sick and imprisoned, bury the dead. I think that's only five or six, but there they are. Uh, but how do we live this then in our own life? Uh, what is it that we that we pursue here? Mm. Uh, so one of the, one of the great experiences that Father Jacob Birch and I had in our Dominican formation. Was um, getting the opportunity to go on mission to the Dominican Vicariate of East Africa. Spent um, some time in Kenya. We yeah. acqu- we acquired the lovely nicknames of Twiga and Dovu. You can figure out what those mean later. <laughs> Do your own research. <laughs> Do your own research. Uh, I was not the Twiga. That was Father Jacob Bertrand. Um, I was the Dovu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there with our there. Um, in addition to you know really being a, a kind of fraternal mission and getting to know the Dominican brothers, uh, we we had the assignment of working um, at a home the Mother Teresa's Missionaries of Charities uh, charity run in one of one of the largest slums in East Africa you know a, a big slum in Nairobi so. Um, Father Jacob Burton, you want to talk a little bit about that experience? Yeah, it was. Uh, so the sisters run a home for for women uh, who have severe mental and physical handicaps, um, so severe that all of them that they care for were um, discarded by uh, their families, their parents, wh- whomever, when, when they were born in the slum because they simply, uh, for a whole host of reasons, don't have the ability to care for them, and that's kind of the only way out. So mm-hmm. by all accounts, it's... It's a horrific, you know, sort of experience for for everybody, sort of beyond words. And thanks be to God, the sisters are able to to help and offer a home to these women and raise them for their entire lives. So they take them in and raise them. So Father Patrick and I, as part of our sort of ministerial experience, apostolate, worked with these, um, worked at this Missionaries of Charity Home. Um, we took public transportation to Matatu halfway. We walked halfway, avoided the, the baboon get, troops. Just getting there it was, was a, a huge battle. Yeah, 
watching out for the baboons that were walking on the highway. <laughs> Literally was, being chased by them one day. <laughs> it was it was not fun all the time, uh, but it was an incredible experience. But, you know, so we, we fed these women. We, we spent time with them. Literally uh, helped them to eat. Yep. Some of them could not could not feed themselves. Did laundry, dishes, you know, whatever manual in a, in kind of labor. In a third world setting. Very yeah. different. No from, machines. Uh, uh, Washington, D.C. or Providence, Rhode Island. Yeah. And I know for, that way. for both of us, that was impactful, that that time there, to uh, really sort of be called out from from what the living in the U.S. where we were used to, to go to, uh, you know, a third world country and then go to a missionaries of charity home in a third world country. Um, you, you can't help but sort of be brought down to kind of uh, an incredible sort of human human level mm. on these mm. things. But that sort of raises you to... To, to be a, a sort of another Christ to these people. I mean, in in the, in, in many ways, the missionaries of charity are ve- are very efficient, and in other ways, they refuse to be. Um, so there, there's a de- there's a deep way in which they live they live one of the most important principles of Catholic social teaching, which is subsidiarity. You know, everything that they have, um, the missionaries have acquired through their relationships with other people. The girls in the home, uh, you know, I, I never felt like a single person in that in that home was reduced to a number. Mm. You know, the 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 meaning the, the you know the meaning of and dignity of every life that was there in that home was recognized in a, in a fundamental and radical way. Um, yeah, it's the same it kind powerful. of sense. It's the same kind of sense that um, I had when I visited the Dominican Sisters of Hawthorne. Right? I know you've been yeah. there as well, um, which is a, a beautiful home. It's a cancer hospice. It was founded by Rose Hawthorne, the daughter of the American author Nathaniel Hawthorne. And these Dominican sisters care for the poor who um, have a terminal cancer diagnosis. Um, and, and that hospice is, is extraordinary. I mean, it's, a, it's it, you know, it's a, the kind of thing where you, where you almost pray that you get cancer so that you so can, you can go die and with die the with, the, with these sisters. Yeah. Um, because the love that they show is so very great, and they, they just pour forth everything uh, on the poor. I mean, the the facility is incredible, and the people who go there pay nothing for it, and it's done it's done out of love for each one of those souls because they they recognize Christ in that person. There's something very kind of raw in those moments about like humanity, but also the dignity of humanity and the beauty of um, of that charity of Christians that. It's, it's only messy. something to be. Exposed. It's so messy. Yeah. Like Catholic social teaching, if you're really living it, um, and you're you're really getting in touch with humanity, it is not a clean thing, like in in any sense. Yeah, you know, it it's dependent on relationships. Sometimes very very practical, immediate personal care. You know, trying trying to feed a girl that can barely chew, or uh, uh, trying to you know clean a cancer patient. Uh, these, these are it's this is messy and. Um, you know, there's a way in which this lives um, and reflects Christ's own mission, a kind of taking on of our of our humanity, um, entering our lowly estate, being being like us in all things but sin. Yeah, the there's some you know so going to Kenya, these becoming a Hawthorne Dominican sister and giving your life to working with with those the poor who are dying of cancer. These are kind of big things you know yeah that's big that's a big example but all of us are called you know these these big examples are only are only real because of the common calling that we have in our baptism and in our 
in our confirmation to be mm-hmm. missionary disciples of Christ. Um, it's it's to be a Christian is to be is to be a missionary, right. and whether that involves you going to the other side of the world, or whether that involves you giving your life and religious life to serve the poor or whatever way, or if that's simply in your own neighborhood, in your own parish, um, with your family, friends. Put it's cash all in the poor box. That's also a way to help. Do it. Yeah. Christ almsgiving call, is Christ almsgiving. calls us yeah. to it. Uh, mm-hmm. But to spread the gospel as missionaries abroad at home, to serve those because, uh, because of Christ, mm-hmm. for no other reason, simply because of Christ. Mm-hmm. Because, of the Christ, because of the love that Christ has shown each of us in our own lives and his mercy um, that, that necessarily spills forth in the way in which we treat and interact with others um, to help them get to heaven, mm-hmm. to help them get to heaven. Catholic Social Teaching 101. There we have it. Done. <laughs> Done. That's a wrap. Great episode. Well, thank you for tuning in, for listening to God's Planning uh, two months into the podcast. We're very grateful for everyone that, that supports that supports us, supports our work. Um, please continue to share the podcast. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Follow us. Um, Spread the word. Give episodes that you think are interesting. I mean, hopefully all of our episodes are interesting. <laughs> we, we interest ourselves in so far as we're talking on the episodes. But if you like it, you know, please, please continue, you know, consider sharing an episode that you found helpful um, with, with someone else. Uh, you know, that's our vocation is to help people find Christ. So, so please uh, collaborate, cooperate, yeah, join, us in uh, join us in this mission. God bless. Thanks for listening to God's Planning, a work of the Dominican Friars of the Province of St. Joseph. Visit us at opeast.org.